today we are continuing on with biblical femininity. And so while it, we are addressing women, I want to remind all of us that Scripture is really for all of us. Uh, there are certain aspects that may speak more strongly uh, to one group or another, but nevertheless we can still all benefit from it. And even though these characteristics that we're looking at of the character of a biblically feminine woman can really be addressed to all of us, and I trust that God will speak to all of us uh, through it uh, as well. Uh, just by reminder, uh, we talked last week about uh, five characteristics. We looked at virtuous, trustworthy, energetic, physically fit, and economical. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to pick up last week's sermon and listen to it and uh, learn from it. Today we're continuing on with number six, uh, generous. Generous. In Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about the generosity of this woman in verses 19 and 20. It says, she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. This is a woman who experiences pleasure in giving to other people. She desires to bless others through the work of her hands. She keeps herself occupied with worthy projects. There was a body of an ancient woman mummified by the volcanic ashes of Mount Vesuvius, and it was unearthed in the Roman city of Pompeii when it was excavated. This woman's feet pointed toward the city gate, but her outreached arms and fingers were straining for something that lay behind her. The treasure for which she was grasping was a bag of pearls. Of her it was written, though death was hard at her heels and life was beckoning her to beyond the city gate, she could not shake off their spell. But it was not the eruption of Vesuvius that made her love pearls more than life. It only froze her in this attitude of greed. We have pervasive in our culture today an attitude of selfishness. But the biblically feminine woman is generous. She has a big heart and she has open hands to give. The prophet Isaiah warned God's people for amassing too much stuff. Here's what it says in Isaiah 5.8. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is no more room, and you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. This biblically feminine woman recognizes that all her possessions and all of her resources are gifts from the Lord, and she will desire to use them in a way that honors the Lord. Her perspective is, I have been greatly blessed by God, and I in turn will be a blessing to others. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, you shall remember, and this word remember was used a lot in Deuteronomy. It was always remember, 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 don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. 
God always has to tell all of us that all the time because we forget. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. God has blessed numerous people in the Bible with wealth, and there's nothing wrong with it as long as it is used in a way, uh, and in a generous way, for the things of the Lord. God blessed Abraham, Job, Joseph, David, Solomon, Josiah, Lydia, many, many people God blessed with wealth. And those are blessings from the Lord. Proverbs 19, 17 says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. How can this woman be generous? She can be generous because she's content with what she has. Contentment is a huge deal. Biblical femininity is recognized by a woman who demonstrates a life of contentment. The Bible says godliness, godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. And so that is true. Her security is not wrapped up in her wealth. She is not so busy with her own agenda that she doesn't have time for others. It talks about the spindle and the distaff. These were two flat, circular objects that were used to work textile fabrics, fibers. They were tools of the day, tools used to provide for her family and those who lacked resources. This is a woman who is tuned in to the needs of others and seeks to minister to those needs. Uh, she is like Dorcas, described in Acts 6.39 as a woman full of good works, and acts of charity. So generous, biblical femininity, generous. Next, we see prepared. Prepared. Look in verses 21 and 22. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. She looks well to the ways of her household. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She has a plan and she works her plan. There's a sequence to her day. When she runs errands, she just doesn't do it haphazardly. She's got a list and she does this, this, and this, and this. I know when my wife wants to run errands, it's like she's got everything lined up, you know, what she wants to do. I'm going here, I'm going here, and not to backtrack and take care of things. Not to be frantic, frenzied, or frazzled. Ladies, wouldn't it be nice if you could get up in the morning and your hair was perfect? I mean, wouldn't that be a dream? And your face was all put together, the eyeliner's on, everything is good, and five minutes later, you're ready to walk out the door. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> it's not reality, is it? Why? There's preparation that goes into the day. Preparation. And ladies are prepared. There's preparation that goes into it. Nobody who wants to keep on living wakes up one morning and suddenly decides, I think I'll climb Mount Everest this morning. No, you don't do that. You don't just wake up one morning and say, well, I think I'll climb Mount Everest. There's preparation that has to go into it. Lots of preparation. 
lots of gear, lots of socks, uh, Gore-Tex, all kind of tools, all kind of training has to go in to climbing Mount Everest. And so being a woman, a biblically feminine woman, there's lots of preparation that goes into it. It's a work in process where you work and you work and you work at it. Uh, but you have a plan to do that, to become more and more like Christ. Climbing Mount Everest is a big deal. You need to be prepared. The same is true for other areas of our life. We need to be prepared. Take marriage, for instance. Just as you wouldn't try to scale a mountain without making sure you have what you need, you wouldn't enter into the most difficult relationship on earth without preparation. And so preparation is key. And God wants the biblically feminine woman to be prepared. She is also, according to these verses, I think we can see that it says in verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. She is modest in her dress. She is not looking to be a spectacle. She is not longing for attention by what she wears or doesn't wear. Her clothing is appropriate for the occasion. She makes herself attractive, but not seductive. She is sensitive and realizes her clothing could cause others to stumble. You see, a biblically feminine woman is going to think about what she puts on in the morning. And it's important because why? Because her dress is a living testimony of who she is. You put an advertisement of who you are by how you dress. And what do we see? Loose women dress certain ways. Foolish women dress certain ways. Wise women dress other ways. And it's important in how we do that because we are offering a testimony to the world by even how we present ourselves physically. And it's important. And this, for this woman, it's important. Number eight, honorable. Looking down in verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. There's a sense of humor there. But she's honorable. Strength and dignity are her clothing. How is she honorable? She is honorable in all of her dealings. She has integrity. She's a person of high ethical behavior. She's ethical in what she says and how she conducts herself, whether alone or with others. She abstains from the appearance of evil. She does not deal with situations like the man who was at a party. And as he was backing out of his parking space at the party, he scraped a Mercedes-Benz next to him. And then he glanced up and he saw somebody on the porch that saw it. So he got out of his vehicle very confidently and he pulled out his notepad and he started writing a note to leave on the windshield. And he said, here's what he said on the note, this person thinks I'm leaving my name and phone number that's watching me on the porch. That's not honorable. No, this person is a person of high integrity. They would take care of that in a way that would honor the Lord. Women can be very manipulative at times to get their way. 
But the biblically feminine woman is not manipulative. She's rather a woman of honor. She's not only honorable in her dealings, but she is honorable in her dress. Her outer clothing complements her inward qualities. Here it talks about that she is clothed in fine linen, in verse 22, and purple. Uh, purple was appropriate for a wife of noble character. Even the color said that. It represented wealth and royalty. And for this very reason, they would even back in Bible times dress idols in purple. So purple was, Jesus was dressed in purple in mockery of him as king of the Jews. But garments of purple are appropriate for a wife of noble character. Here's how 1 Peter says it. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. And what is precious to God is precious to a biblically feminine woman. It should be precious to you as well. She's honorable in her dress. She is honorable in her dealings, and she is honorable in her desires. She maintains biblical convictions of right and wrong and is not easily swayed by the attitudes of the culture. She behaves in a way that demonstrates she is a daughter in God's royal family. She's a daughter in God's family. And because of being a daughter in God's family, she wants to represent the family well. She wants to represent her father well in what she does. She contributes to her husband's honor by her godly behavior. Proverbs 12:4 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. She brings glory to God through her humility, her gentleness, and her kindness. Number nine, she is wise. Did I miss that one? There we go, wise. Moms will often tell their children, if you can't say something nice, what's the rest? Don't say anything at all, right? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And the three little tests. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary to say those things? Yesterday I played in the HRMC golf tournament. And they actually had a lot of ladies playing in the tournament. And I was a little surprised at some of the language that came out of the ladies and not just the men. A biblically feminine woman is wise with her words and her tongue. She speaks not only wise words, but encouraging words. We see a negative example in Scripture in Miriam, which was Moses' sister. It gives us an example of how a woman's tongue can cause problems in a community. 
Miriam complained against Moses along with Aaron, and what did God do for Miriam? He struck her with leprosy. And she had to be placed outside the Israelite community for seven days before she could be brought in. And the community could not move until she was brought back into the community. So it impacted the entire community with her tongue. Biblically feminine women will be wise with their tongue and what they say. They will exercise good judgment and discretion in their speech. They'll speak with graciousness and compassion. Here's how Colossians says it. Let your speech be always gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. She views building into the lives of her family as a privilege and not a job. She realizes that the tongue can injure or it can heal. Proverbs 12, 18 says it this way, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And basically that's what he's saying, that reckless words pierce, but the tongue can also bring healing. So don't use harsh, belittling, or sarcastic comments. I'll never forget years ago when Pam and I were, I don't even know if we had Ryan yet. If we did, he was a baby. And we went out to eat one Sunday afternoon, and we were in a restaurant. As we were sitting there waiting for our seat, this lady and her husband were also out there in the lobby, and she turned to her daughter. I don't even know exactly what her daughter did, but she turned to her daughter, and she said, I ought to put you in the trash. I could not believe she said that to her daughter. I thought, oh, my goodness, the damage. Talk about feeling worthless. And maybe you were told that, something like that. Um, that is not the truth about who you are if you were told that as a child. What does this biblically feminine woman do with her tongue? She teaches her daughter the value of virginity. Virginity is not valued anymore in our culture, is it? But a biblically feminine woman will teach her daughter the value of virginity. It's a precious gift from God, and you only have one opportunity to give it away, and you should give it away to the husband who you will spend the rest of your life with. It needs to be communicated to your daughter. Teach her what to look for in a young man. Teach your son how to treat a lady so that he will treat that lady with respect in his words and his actions. See, the wisdom of Proverbs offers great insight into relationships, even of the opposite sex. Complimenting on positive character qualities you observe in others can be done verbally, a text, a note, a phone call, even a small gift. It can be done. Well, let's move on, number 10. Number 10 is caring. Caring. It says in verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. 
She cares about her family, her love for her husband, her children, her friends, those in the body of Christ. It says that in Titus that the older women are to teach the younger women to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands for this reason, that the word of God is not maligned. It's a testimony. So the word of God is not maligned. She's a true helpmate to her husband and a strong advocate for her children. She speaks well of her husband. And that may not be always easy to do. She models the qualities she wants her children to practice in their lives. There was a story of a nursery volunteer who reached out to a troubled mom. This story actually was told by a pastor. And he said there was an unnamed nursery worker who bumped into a first-time visitor named Janet who had dropped her two boys off in the nursery. And the pastor said after the service, while Janet was waiting in the nursery line to retrieve her boys, one of the nursery workers quietly approached her and said there had been some issues. Both of her boys had picked fights with other children. Also, one of her boys had broken several of the toys that belonged to the church. In front of a room filled with other children and their parents, Janet scolded her boys and then screamed an expletive. Deeply ashamed and feeling like a failure, she got her boys and she slunk out of church. No doubt, they said, we'll never see her again. But that unnamed nursery volunteer called the church office that Monday and asked if she could check the visitor notebook to see if Janet left her contact information, and she did. She said, I gave that nursery worker Janet's address, and unbeknownst to me, she sent Janet a note, and here's what the note said. Dear Janet, I'm so glad that you and your boys visited our church. Oh, and about that little exchange when you picked them up from the nursery, let's just say that I found it so refreshing that you would feel freedom to speak with an honest vocabulary like that in church. I am really drawn to honesty, and you are clearly an honest person. I hope we can become friends. Love, unnamed nursery worker. The nursery worker and Janet did, in fact, become friends. Janet came back the next Sunday and the next Sunday after that and the next Sunday after that, and eventually Janet became the nursery director. Later on, I would discover that when Janet started coming to our church, She was a recovering heroin addict. Caring. Looking beyond the external behavior to the heart. That's what a biblically feminine woman will do. That's what a Christian will do. Very touching story. The last one is fears God. 
She puts her faith and trust in God. She hates evil. She makes the worship of God a priority in her life. Notice what it says in verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed or blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She is committed to the truth of God's word. She strives to keep negative influences out of her home. She has a thirst for righteousness. She has a submissive attitude toward God and his sovereignty in her life. And this is so important because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is central to wisdom. And that's why it's so important. The fear of the Lord is central to wisdom. It occurs 14 times in Proverbs and several times in the book of Job, which are the wisdom literature of the Bible. To fear means to acknowledge God's superiority over man, to recognize his deity and thus respond in awe, humility, worship, love, trust, and obedience. That's what it means to fear God. It's lacking in our culture. And it's lacking in our culture because it's lacking in the home that men and women would fear God. What is the fruit of all of this? Look down in verse 31. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. The reward of living this kind of life, being a biblically feminine woman, is to see your family and those around you flourish. Your life is a public proclamation that God is good and worthy of our worship, that he is faithful to those who are faithful to him, and that her fruit will be carried into several generations. That's the beauty of being a biblically feminine woman. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. As we bow our heads, I know that these past couple weeks have been, we've talked about women, and of course we talked about men before that and biblical masculinity. But we can all relate to these and we all need to make these a part of our life. And I wonder if there would be one or two of these that maybe the Holy Spirit would say, you know, here's an area that I want you to work on in your life over the next several months. And you will begin to focus on that and say, you know, here's an area that I do need to grow in. Here's an area that God has shown me that I have some lack. And the amazing thing is, when we get that one done, there'll be something else to work on, uh, to challenge us. 
But I trust that it will be an encouragement to you because we are all a work in progress. It's not like you have to have all of these and you've got it accomplished. The Christian life is a marathon. It's not a 50-yard dash. And so it takes a lifetime to develop this. And, and, and the nice thing is God is patient. He gives us a lifetime to do it. But all he wants to see in us is that desire to do that and then to follow through and become that person. I would ask all of the ladies, whether you're married or single, is there something here that God has for you today? Young ladies, I know it can be difficult to find the right clothing in the store. Um, I have tried to shop for my wife at times, and I, I'm like, how in the world do you find anything on the rack that's modest? But I challenge you to do it to be a modest woman who honors the Lord in your dress because it speaks volumes about your heart and your character. To be a virtuous woman, to be trustworthy, to be generous, to be prepared, to be honorable in all of your dealings. Are you honorable in all of your dealings? When you go out on dates, is it an honorable date? When you speak in your home to your husband, is it honorable speech? Or when you're on the golf course, is it honorable speech? I'm thankful for God's word in our lives. May he use it. May you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the place you have to begin. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. My sin, your sin, the sins of the world. But just because Jesus died on the cross does not automatically mean everyone goes to heaven. The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the sons of God or daughters of God. You have to receive the gift of salvation. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Acknowledge you've broken God's law. Experience that guilt and conviction and allow that guilt and conviction and shame to turn you to the one who took your shame on the cross. He took our shame. He took our sin. He took our punishment so that we don't have to. But we have to accept him into our life by grace through faith. Putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If not now, when? That's the question. If not now, when would you do that? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day uh, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If you have other needs in your life, the Bible says that Jesus 
is a faithful priest on our behalf to make intercession. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us on our behalf. Would you call out to him? If we can pray with you about something, we would be glad to do that. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.